When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi everyone, Sandman here. Today's video is brought to you by a donation from Ray, and here's what he has to say. Hi Sandman, I've been a subscriber for a while now and enjoy your intelligent, thoughtful, and frank persuasive speeches. I'm pushing 50 years of age and work in a government lab testing sewage. And I hate my job and have been passed over affirmative action style, so I'm retiring soon to try my hand at ghosting. I am very angry over the way things turned out at work, and I'm tired of being used as a very productive utility, minus all the rewards for my output, creativity, knowledge, intelligence, and dedication. And add to that, I was also raped by the IRS every five years or so, leaving me with nothing to show for my work but a sore body. So I've had it. I'm done. Now that I've gotten that out of the way, here's the topic that I want you to discuss. I recall that you're not hostile towards Christians, which is very refreshing these days. And I include myself in this category as a Christian. And all I can say in defense of Christians is, as bad as we are, we would be much worse without our hefty moral codes. And I was wondering if you wouldn't mind commenting about some ancient biblical insights into the nature of women, and see how it squares with what MGTOW says that modern women are being. Anyways, there's some very interesting secular stuff regarding women in the Psalms and Proverbs sections of the Bible. If you don't have the Bible, there are dozens of free copies on the internet, and I'll cite some of these passages that you might find interesting. Well, Ray, thanks for your questions and comments, and for offering to read these passages. I'll go through them one by one and give you my analysis. But before I do, I need to say that hopefully you're not a Catholic, and you don't mind if I took the liberty of using images of nuns for this particular video. While I have no personal beef with Christianity, I still believe that it turns many men into manginas. Christianity is bad for men when it comes to women, because the government and women use it to basically turn men into something completely different, and men are often told to turn the other cheek when they're attacked. Christianity is about avoiding the pain that others inflict, or simply taking it and asking for more. If you ask me, that's a tad sadomasochistic. And that could really explain to some extent why you've decided to stay in the government lab for as long as you have, testing sewage. And maybe that's why you simply don't walk away and find another job when you're passed up for promotions year after year. Do yourself a favor and look into your motivations and try to figure out if the guilt from Christianity is driving your own motivations and drives instead of your own free will. And you're 50 years old, and I'm sure that there are things that you can still do with your life that will make you happy to be alive. And regarding the title of this video, people have been wondering what women going their own way might look like, and I suggest that you take a look at the closest Catholic convent to find out. 
But without further ado, I'm going to start looking into these Proverbs and Psalms that you've been talking about. So the first proverb is chapter 31, Acts 10 through 31, which talk about the difficulty of finding a Nawalt, and that she's worth more than fine rubies. But I think that these proverbs are a fairy tale told to peasants and lower class men. The proverb says that she brings him, her husband, good, not harm, all of the days of her life. As well as this line, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. And lines like these were written as fairy tales for uneducated men in the Middle Ages. Wise women that were good to their husbands were just as impossible to find back then as they are today. Except back then, men believed that they actually could be found. But today with MGTOW, we know better. The next proverb is chapter 6, Acts 20-24, to against men becoming adulterous. And the 24th proverb says that men should stay away from their neighbors' wives, and women that are flirtatious and smooth-talking. Regarding this, I can't help but think that this should be written for women instead of men. Women cheat more often than men, yet the Bible tells men to stay away from their neighbors' wives. And the 20th proverb says to keep your father's commands and to not forsake your mother's teaching. In the past, there was no division between the church and the state. So your father's commands are saying, obey the government and do not forsake your mother's teachings means, listen to your mother and do what she wants. Now where in the Bible does it say do what you want or do what feels right in your heart? As far as I'm concerned, the New Testament is as much against men going their own way as you can get. And we can clearly see that the state and gynocentrism were in league together in the past, just as much as they are today. When you bring up Proverbs chapter 6, Acts 25 to 35, this is clearly about men committing adultery and why they shouldn't. Ray, you also mentioned that these Proverbs make reference to men getting STDs. So it's a good idea for men to stay with their own wives instead of looking elsewhere for sex. This is clearly about men committing adultery and why they shouldn't. Educating these men about STDs is not protecting them from the diseases, but instead about protecting the value of a man's health so that he can contribute his labor to the state. Because a man is really the property of the church, the kingdom, the state, and of women. Proverb 32 says that a man that commits adultery with a woman is lacking sense, and he's trying to destroy himself. But what about the biological imperative to reproduce with women that are of the best caliber to have children with? The Bible attempts to take man's biological urges and instead shackle them into the service of the state. That's what I believe the Bible is all about, controlling men and diverting their productive energies from sexuality and turning them into productive agents and peasants of the state. Anyways, the next proverb is chapter 2, Act 16, and it says that wisdom will save you also from the adulteress, from the wayward wife with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. Again, God in this case is the state. She turned her back on the state and her husband, so you as a man shouldn't take advantage of her sexually. This is talk to fill a man with guilt if he sleeps with a woman that's not his own wife. Again, these are the words of a ruler trying to convince men not to follow their own biological imperatives to procreate with as many females as possible. The most productive unit in our society is often the family unit for raising children and collecting taxes so you can see why the integrity of the family is being supported. Proverbs 7, Acts 5-27 through 27, are also interesting because they're trying to persuade men not to go with a cheating wife while her husband is not around. The verses say that such a woman is a slayer of men, but it doesn't mention how or why. 
And in reality, a woman that is cheating on her husband most likely settled for a beta male provider, and thus wants children from an alpha so that she can basically have the beta male pay to raise them. This is cuckolding biology at its most basic. In Proverbs chapter 2, sections 12 through 20, talk about being a good man and not getting angry at the king or the state through wickedness. Again, this is saying that a man that cheats on his wife is being bad to the state. Proverbs chapter 11, Act 22, is another interesting one to say the least. Like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. And I'm guessing that this means that a beautiful woman makes herself ugly if she shows no discretion and has sex with whomever she wants. This line targets women as well because it evokes the emotion of shame to a beautiful woman. Women respond to shame, and men often respond to guilt. Another interesting one is Proverbs chapter 31, Acts 2 to 3, which can be seen as a mother's advice to her son not to give women his strength because apparently it destroys kings and kingdoms. Ray thinks that this is all about mothers telling their sons not to be pussy whipped. Why, you ask? Well, probably because the mother is afraid that if her own son favors his wife instead of her, then when the mother reaches old age, she might actually have to suffer through it. So it's not really a warning so much as it's a mother looking after her own interests. And then there's Proverbs 11.16 about how kind-heartedness is the best way a woman can gain respect. And the proverb is worded like this, A gracious woman retaineth honor, and a strong man retaineth riches. This is basically saying that a gracious woman is one that protects her virginity and stays faithful, and a strong man is one that saves his money. But the proverb doesn't seem to mention that most of that money probably goes to his wife in the end anyways. So although it may seem clear-cut in the beginning, it's not. And the next thing I want to talk about is Psalms, chapter 100, verse 13. And it's about making women into joyous mothers. But in this day and age, women are increasingly not interested in children, and seem to be more focused on their careers as well as their own personal narcissism. Now I want to share some of my personal views on religion in general. A man that follows a religion is not going his own way. Instead, he is going God's way, or the state's way. And during the times of the monarchy, God was the way of the state. So, Ray, the IRS comes after you every five years or so, and yet you continue to believe in God, and thus defend the state because you're adopting personal values in your personal life that promote the agenda of the government. A government which then goes out and takes your money as well as your liberty. Regarding nuns, they used to handle the indoctrination of orphans into the church, as well as society, and taught them to obey the state. Nuns also fed the poor and made them thankful about the church, giving them resources, and then when they grew up, they paid the church back in kind, with dividends through donations. It's holy women, or Roman Catholic nuns, which are basically the female wing of that religion, and their purpose is to lower a person's defenses with a female face, and make them feel guilty for the rest of their lives so they continue to fund the church. Making this video not only allows me to see how men are controlled by their desires for women by the church, but also how the church used holy women to go out and create new followers, and thus increase its own human balance sheet, so to speak. And because of that I feel no guilt showing everyone these ridiculous photos of nuns, because now I understand the purpose of nuns. Anyways, thanks for your donation, Ray, as well as your questions. And thank you everyone else for taking your daily dose of red pills. So enjoy the rest of your day and cheers. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.